0: Reporting is eligible is proudly supported by Appleton Coffee Company. They're a small local roaster in Appleton, Wisconsin, and I make a pot of their Packerland breakfast blend just about every morning. I also have a very large bag of the barrel aged coffee that I enjoy on the weekends. If you go to appletoncoffee.com and use code RAE at checkout, you'll save yourself 10% and you will support the show. Once again, that's appletoncoffee.com, code RAE at checkout. We like it.
1: everybody. Welcome to Reporting is Eligible. Uh, I am Paul Noonan. Um, We're here to take you through all of the fun EPA and DVOA and other acronyms about statistics for the Bears game.
2: Oh, man, are you selling this right out of the game? Uh, It's
1: (laughs) it's what we do. It's what we do. Um, uh, We can't just be passionate about the Packers
2: crushing the Bears. That's that's what I'm here for anyway.
1: We totally can. Um, uh, I, I think this game generated more stats than normal because... It, because it was weird. Like, this game was freaking weird. Um, mm-hmm. Because the offense was really good, and the defense was... Uh, we'll go really good with, with a couple caveats. But then, like, special teams did some, like, historic bad stuff. And Tremendous work. Tremendous... Uh, just incredible. Like, a cartoon. Like, if, if you were writing a movie about... So the, it's good that they won by multiple scores. And it's good that the offense and defense were good enough... So that all of their other problems didn't matter against Chicago, which is as it should be. But like, if you were looking for a way, like in a, an, a fun, plucky underdog movie about football, to keep a team that was worse around, you would have this. You would have this happen where like, oh, you got a random 97-yard punt return from nonsense and, and you had a guy kick it out of bounds and you're in like their head... At, just uh still painful like i i focus on the negative way too much i I definitely do i always seize on like the things that go wrong in games but the in this game the packers made it really easy because all of the wrong things were very very high profile (laughs) and focused on and and exciting like they screwed up in exciting and fun ways so um that it really isn't my wheelhouse for for that um but, but we should start with the positive, because we should kick things off on a positive note. The Packers are in good shape. They're the number one seed. They're, they they kicked the crap out of the Bears, and they did a lot of good stuff. So we'll get, we'll get to special teams. All of our questions were about special teams. But... <coughs> Let's, <laughs> let's do good stuff first. So, um,
2: yeah. Well, I'm going to start with a good note and introduce myself. I'm JR. Oh, right. yeah, we so Trending sport, <laughs> sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Matt Metub, our uh, our third wheel here. Or I shouldn't I shouldn't call him the third wheel. He'll crush <laughs> me for that. Uh, no, no. He's uh, we, we haven't had him on very often lately, and he's uh, he's unfortunately not here to start. We think he's going to be here. We, we think he's going to make heart. it. Yeah, we're yeah. we're
1: crossing our fingers that Matt's going to make it. We think he's going to make it.
2: We need a little Matub in our lives, but uh, until then, until then, we do have this, this delightful Packers bears feast of something. Um, (laughs) Packers win 4530. So, so you can't be too, 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 too upset about it. No, no, can't. It was good. The offense was great. I like, that's the thing. And like, I know there is some concern about Aaron Rodgers toe still. And I think that is a fair concern. Yeah thus far he has looked not even a little bit impacted by that injury i mean if he is impacted holy holy smokes if he ever gets fully healthy that would be a terrible thing for opposing teams although i'm guessing if there's what we call a setback after this game four weeks left in the regular season is probably not enough time for him to get fully healthy so the packers are going to be praying a little bit that that doesn't get worse but as long as he's there and Devonte adams is there and both aaron jones and aj dillon are there it kind of feels like they can do no wrong. Yeah. You know, like the offensive line is is shredded, which I'm sure we'll talk about. It just kind of feels like if their skill, their top skill guys are there, they can do no wrong. Yeah, it's kind of my, kind of great.
1: My only offensive complaint about this game is that Aaron still tries that nine ball to MVS and throws it out of bounds too often. On the other hand, though, like you got to work on that and practice it and and try and get it right. And yeah, he missed it. But, like, if you can get MVS back catching deep passes, they become completely unstoppable. And so you got to do it. Like, uh, in my head, I'm like, well, don't don't throw that pass. You suck at that pass. But no, like, throw, y- you have to throw that pass and try and get MVS right. And it, it didn't cost him anything. Like, they still... Whenever they needed anything, they just like flip it to Devonte, thirty yards downfield, right in stride, and okay, like those two together could just do whatever they want whenever they want. Like whenever they need yardage, it's just okay. Come back to that; nobody can guard it, and it's perfect. Um, and aside from that, um, Alan Lazard actually showed up for once, for the first time all season as a receiver, and I think it might be because he was back in the big slot role um, for Randall Cobb not being there. He, he seems to just dominate when he's playing in the slot, and. He had a great game and we have uh, out of nowhere, out of the blue
2: did not expect it at all. So good. Yeah. And speaking of Al Lazard, who is a tight end, the tight end production <laughs> continues to improve as well. I mean, you know, Josiah DeGuara, who who I think we talked about, looked a little lost at times earlier this season. He seems to be finding himself a little bit. They're obviously not going to have Robert Tunyon's production the rest of the year. And yet somehow Mercedes Lewis is still able to, to come off blocks <laughs> and catch the ball too. You know, like he's, he's Johnny on the spot. Great play fake by Aaron Rodgers in this game. That uh, that turn into a Lewis catch. So they're they're just able. You know, sometimes you look around, it's like where does the offense even come from? Like especially if Devonte's having, you know, in the first quarter or whatever, Devonte's not having his best game, but you just you just know he's going to show up, and he did. And they they aired it out in the second quarter. Devonte was a huge part of it. They just uh, man, they're just they're just really really good on offense. This was not their best defensive game, but we I, I think a lot of that can be attributed to Devondre Campbell coming yep. off the COVID protocol. One hundred percent. Being a step slow, when he's back to full health, I honestly, like they, They, we've said it a million times, they they legitimately have a Super Bowl offense and a Super Bowl defense that's going to, you know, that's that's really exciting. Yeah. Right? It, really, it really could be their year.
1: I, it really could. I, I love every Mercedes Lewis catch too. I know we've mentioned this before, but he had a little, of he, had, course. he had a down spell where he didn't catch passes for a few weeks, but he just looks intimidating every, every time he catches it. Like he throws guys off him. He's very slow, but he's very strong, and he really gets the most <laughs> out of that strength. Uh, it look it looks beautiful.
2: I wonder if we'll see him go through a down spell now again because the offensive line, you know, he's been needed to help yeah. chip with uh when Yash Naiman was still learning the craft a little bit. Nyman seems to have kind of come into his own, but with no Billy Taylor, I, I don't know if they're gonna call upon him to be more of a guy at the line and, and do more of the blocking. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe
1: not. By the way, now now an official uh, reporting is eligible thing that you you calling him Billy Taylor. Um, wait. Did I call Billy Taylor again? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Who is is Billy Taylor? A person? <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe, Billy Taylor. Maybe whoever of him you as, are. Maybe like Aaron Taylor, the the former excellence, um, Packer. You know what Super Bowl that's, era tackle? Uh,
2: that is that is not it, but we're gonna pretend it is because okay. uh, that's a good pull. That's like uh, a '90s you know draft pick Notre Dame first round guy. Yeah, Aaron kind Taylor,
1: of, kind of an underrated Packer actually.
2: One, one of I the best
1: offensive you. linemen in the history of the team. Uh, Aaron Taylor was excellent
2: yeah big big dude big dude yeah. not as big as Billy Turner no no, uh, but, uh, <laughs> no uh, he is bigger than Billy Turner and Billy Turner unfortunately now out that's not good it's terrible uh, it's bad they need Bakhtiari back now in the worst way you know they were able they've been able to slow walk it I don't know if they're gonna have him back until like the last week of the season but holy smokes could they use him now
1: yeah uh, especially in the run game I think Uh, Well, they'll need them for playoff runs because they can do smoke and mirrors for the rest of the regular season, no problem. They're not going to run into too much dominant defensive line play. They get a little bit of it next week, Um, but uh, nothing. Like if they run into Tampa Bay with this line, they're just toast. They're they're, it's just not going to work. Like at some point, um, you know, talent needs to go against talent, and uh, they 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 deserve tons of praise. This offensive line has, has done a phenomenal job at keeping Aaron upright with, with talent just dropping off every week, but they're going to run into a team that we're just not going to work. So um, they really do need Bakhtiari back to give them something to work with there. And uh, honestly, like the other thing is they've dealt with all the injuries they can handle now. Like this is, this is everybody who's on the team now playing on the offensive line. If they have any more, they have to go off the street and that's not good. You don't want that. Um, Right. That, that would be they are
2: at, capacity capacity it's bad again uh we talked about it i think last week but credit to aaron Rodgers. part of what makes that line so effective is that the guy just feels pressure i mean he got sacked i think three times in this game Mm -hmm. but he's still in the pocket maneuvers unlike very many quarterbacks his age certainly but also just in general he seems to have a sixth sense and uh you know even even if he can't elude as well as he could when he was younger he's still he's he's still really tough to bring down and that, uh, that extends plays, yep. and that's what makes Aaron Rodgers you totally.
1: know, so great. Also, kudos to Jones and Dillon in this game, who did a very nice job in pass pro when they were called on to do so. And I didn't see them getting too much praise, but uh, they're both really good at it now. And not every team has that luxury. A.J. Dillon has made... Uh, you know, he was never really bad. He uh, The scout work on A.J. Dillon was excellent. Uh, and whoever, whatever Packer scout decided to draft him and project him as both a good pass protector and receiver, deserves just a huge bonus this year because he's good at everything. And him Jones has developed that over time, but um, they did a good job keeping him clean too. And they're going to have to do a much better job of it going forward with the line as it is.
2: Yeah, I thought Jones... Uh, and they both ran the ball very well or very yeah. effectively when they needed to. You know, There was a point in the game where they needed to just kill some clock. They gave it to Dylan. It worked out perfectly. Their so last was... drive
1: of the game was just virtuoso clock killing just a phenomenal Mm -hmm. drive just eight minutes gone um, all the way down the field and never really in doubt like the Bears never even threatened to stop it and get it back Um, the offense really did everything they could to prevent this from being competitive
2: despite the special team's best efforts to do the opposite so our (laughs) starting offensive line against the Ravens figures to be Yash Nyman Mm -hmm. John Runyon Jr. (laughs) Lucas Patrick yep Royce Newman, Royce Newman and Dennis Kelly and Dennis Kelly like <laughs> what is what is happening here <laughs> it's that's an 0 for 5 in the starters you want in those spots that's an 0 for 5 it's, I think well maybe maybe at best it's it's 1 for 5
1: yeah like Runyon I suppose is the one maybe you want I think there Lucas sure. Patrick kind of <laughs> one of
2: Runyon or Newman should be there yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: all right Um, and they it's not a it's not an easy assignment that they'll have but um, uh, it's hard to doubt them at this point too, though. Um, just whatever they're doing schematically and coaching guys up, uh, they're getting, this is the thing, like, uh, to just to contrast offensive line and special teams, like, uh, Royce Newman looked terrible his, his first couple games starting. He, he was getting beaten on stunts, getting beaten on things that other teams trying to confuse new off- offensive linemen. And over the last two games now he hasn't he's he's picked those up perfectly and not not been confused and when he doesn't get confused he doesn't lose physical battles like they have had consistent improvement on guys coming in to replace people on the line and and it's not like just they'll come in and be rough like yosh yosh nyman was not great his first few games when he had to come in and start he's gotten consistently better same with newman um that's really a testament to their development and their quick development on the line too, and then you have special teams on the other side. It just gets worse. Like everything, everything goes downhill. Like it, nothing is fixed, and and everything just gets worse and worse and worse as time goes on. And I, like that's really the difference between uh, <laughs> what like where you promote coaches and where you maybe look to move on from coaches.
2: So. yeah. And before we get to defense and special teams, yeah. Uh, yeah. The uh, the belt was mocked. Robert Quinn, uh, <laughs> his should... second his second belt mocking of the season, the Aaron Rodgers, uh championship belt celebration in both occasions, Aaron Rodgers was able to lead the Packers past the bears fairly comfortably <laughs> on both, t- both times. He previously did it while a member of the Miami dolphins. The Packers also won that game indeed. And, uh, and yeah, uh, of the, uh, I, I, I did a collection of, uh, You know, some of the stuff is out there, kind of gathered it from as many places as I could. Dusty Evely, by the way, did a tremendous breakdown of how good Aaron Rodgers does after somebody sacks him and performs the belt. (laughs) Uh, It's just mind blowing. Just Google it. It's incredible. But um, I found 22 instances since uh, since this became a thing in 2010 that uh, somebody mocked the belt. The Packers are 16 and six in those games. Uh, and of those six losses, one is the fail Mary, which, you know, not you can cut that as a win if you want. Yeah. Two of them were done in the final like 30 seconds after it was pretty clear the Packers would not truly be able to respond. So it's kind of hard to feel strongly about that. And one of them is a loss to the Lions in which Stephen Tulloch famously mocked the belt and tore his ACL, <laughs> costing him the rest of the season, played in only three games that year. So uh, the Packers not lost a win that for game? The Packers, yeah, they did. They oh did man, I've game. totally forgotten that because the ACL tear, like it yeah, just been right it away. Feels like a loss for the Lions, and it's an LOL Lions moment. In fact, the Lions did win that game. Oh, the other them, two so. are not great. John Ryan did it after uh, his famous touchdown pass against Ooh, the Packers. Well, kudos game. to
1: John Ryan for that play. Um,
2: yeah, that was a that was a tough tough scene. We we all know what happened after yeah, that. We don't then, talk like,
1: about that game.
2: Michael Boley of the Giants did it in uh, in 2011 in the playoffs oh. after. Um, you know that that game did not also go well that was a that was also tough at lambeau um 37 20 the giants beat the packers giants uh dave tollefson former packers draft pick had done it for the giants earlier in the year in the regular season uh and then aaron Rodgers led them to victory after that but uh did not did not work out in the sequel i'm sad to report ah. uh but uh but yes Doing the belt does not uh, does not often work out well. I think the, the you know, it's also fair to say that most teams, whether or not they do the belt, do not fare well against the Packers. They're yep. one of the best teams of the last 30, 30 years. So like you know, they win a lot, but uh, they do but win yes. a
1: lot. I, I also feel like like the Steven Tulloch one. Should yes, the Lions won the game and kudos to them for winning the game, but that should count as a belt
2: loss. Because,
1: totally agree. Yeah, there's a clear connection there with the belt <laughs> and losing.
2: <laughs> of all the belt losses, I would say two of them truly are like congratulations to you. You uh, you did the belt and then you backed it up. Uh, the other the others are uh, are suspect or they're they're just plain old wins for the Packers. Yeah. All right.
1: Um. Should we should we move on to the defense before we get to special teams nonsense? Let's
2: talk. Yeah, let's talk more about Rasul Douglas while yeah, we can,
1: because Rasul Douglas is amazing.
2: Amazing. Um, he
1: and I, so I, I never looked into how old he was until this week either, because somebody mentioned it. I assumed he was kind of an older prospect retread, like twenty eight or twenty nine. He's not. He's twenty six. Um, he's probably entering his prime. And uh, bad job by scouting on the rest of the league. And again, great job on scouting on the Packers on Rasul Douglas, who is um, aside from the. Every once in a while, you get, you'll get a guy who gets some splash plays uh, and uh, isn't actually that good behind those numbers, like HaHa, for instance. is. I was going to say, is the, that not
2: called the HaHa phenomenon? The
1: quintessential example is probably HaHa. Um, but Razzle... Quintessential? No, I could make that work. We'll just call it the <laughs> HaHa phenomenon. Ha phenomenon. russell Douglas is not that. He is well-graded by PFF. He is well-graded by Sports Info Solutions. He has a lot of past defended and other good counting statistics to go with everything. It's pretty clear at this point he's just a good cornerback who is also capitalizing on opportunities to put splash plays on tape. And the fact that he was freely available to any team and that the Packers went and scooped him up is a huge coup for them and a great job by the front office. Um, Knowing and having to patch up, um, I mean, this is one of those things where they probably don't have him if Jair Alexander doesn't get hurt. And if they don't have him for the playoffs they're probably not as good and maybe less of a contender than they are now. Mm. So I don't want to That's say that the the Alexander injury was good because injuries are never good, but uh, they may end up better for it when playoff times come around and they have money corners uh, three across
2: the board. Yeah, we'll never know truly detailed-wise how, how he ends up on the Packers in terms of, like, did a coach say seriously this guy is going to be super special we have to have him i, I find that hard to believe because they would have added him sooner right so yeah. like i you know I, I don't know how much was just lucky or like a coach had knew a guy who knew a guy that thought Razul douglas would be a decent pickup or whatever uh you know you, you never really know i'm sure you'll get some some mythic you know uh you know like uh what's the what's the word when it might be true but it's also not uh it's just, Urban man, legend, really, apocryphal. Oh folklore. hey, Matub is here. My <laughs> <beautiful folklore. laughs> Hi, man. I'm, I'm thinking I'm, of apocryphal, I'm, by the way. Apoc- apocryphal.
0: Oh, I was like, I'm, i I'm, I'm here for the Roswell Douglas folklore. You got yeah. here just in like, time. Like, did you hear about the time he did a backflip out of a pool? That was Mark. That I mean, was uh, Mark Clayton, right? I know. Bo Jackson actually did a backflip while standing really? waist high in a pool. Oh. oh, my God.
1: I thought it was yeah. one of the, the Dolphin Marks brothers that played for the Packers. I think that was Mark Clayton, but I could be... Mark Ingram. It mark was Mark Clayton. Ingram. Wrong wrong, Mark. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are we doing? Whatever. We're, we're good. We're doing good. We were just talking about how if, it, very possibly, Jair Alexander doesn't get hurt, they don't sign Russell Douglas. And if, yeah. they, if they don't have him, uh, when the playoffs roll around... I mean, this is... It, Alexander's practiced the last week. It's I think I think likely he's back soon. And if he's back and good, then they're much better off for the playoffs. Having signed Russell Douglas and having had Alexander get hurt, then they would be otherwise. And uh, uh, just also giving kudos to the Packer front office for getting him in the first place. Because that's just great scouting for a guy who's been cut twice. <laughs> so um, he's great. He's phenomenal. I don't know. Matt's just okay. not. You a, have nothing to say. Matt has nothing Rizul,
0: to say. I mean, Russell Douglas is great. He's also good in Madden Ultimate Team. Ha ha, ha I said it. <laughs> well, <laughs> welcome back,
1: Matt. Now you're fully back. Azul
0: <laughs> um, Douglas has an 87 overall Team of the Week card with 91 speed on a packers theme team. There we go. Now I can write off my yeah. Madden expenditure for the week as Wonderful. a business Perfect. expense.
1: Perfect. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wonderful. To, to Jared's <laughs> earlier points about Devondre Campbell, um, the Bears had sort of two big plays on offense. That was kind of it for them. Like two big up-the-middle uh, throw-and-catch touchdowns um, that I think Campbell would have stopped under normal circumstances. But you didn't hear about the corners getting beaten, really, at all. Um, and Eric Stokes, I think, played one of his better games of the season, not getting—barely heard his name. Um, you heard Douglas's name because he had to pick six. But uh, uh, on the outside, the bear receivers did jack squat. This was all— um, over the middle guys and running backs and nothing else. So uh, defense did well. And I think their big plays they, they gave up were freak plays. And I think that's kind of what's happened all year to them. Most of the big plays they've given up have been freak plays where they've actually been in a pretty good position um, and just not executed properly. So um, good, good job by the defense, even though there were some statistical anomalies that continue to push them down in DVOA, um, which is annoying, but whatever. We know better.
2: Here's a question for those of you who worship at the Raz Temple. Do you know any? why was Jakeem Grant prior to this game not an, a, a league-wide phenomenon? Because that guy moves on like <laughs> that guy is lightning. I know that it's, you know, LOL hacker special teams allowing that guy to hit return a punt 97 yards for a touchdown, but the two touchdowns he had were, they were kind of electric. Like, where where has that guy been? Um,
0: He's very small. <laughs> well, he's sure, very, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's very small. He runs a f- in the four threes. Um, he's primarily been a return guy, and he's been playing for bad Miami teams. Yeah. So no one cares. <laughs> okay. Like, that, he's a hard
1: scout. I think uh, there are a lot of guys that will be excluded on size before any scouts even look at them. Like, when you're doing spreadsheet work, and even scouts do spreadsheet work, um, it's one of the first cuts you do. In fact, we'll get to Tyler Huntley a little bit later. And... For sure, one of the reasons Tyler Huntley was under the radar for a lot of teams is he falls under their cutoffs for height and weight. Um, Jakeem Grant, by the way, so JR mentioned Raz, which we talk about all the time on this podcast. Um, his height RAS
0: is point zero one. <laughs>
3: oh, he is little!
1: Well, okay,
0: so Jakeem Grant... Isn't even five six. No, he's not. Like, like. So he's he's not, he's not only short for an NFL player. He's, he's an short, are, for short for people, humans. He's, <laughs> an, he's short for
1: humans. He's like an arena <laughs> league guy, and so he, his raw weight was one sixty five, uh, and so that's why he didn't end up on a lot of teams' radars. <laughs> he's just he's a tiny, tiny football player. Uh, but but his athleticism is very very good. Um, he has, You know
0: what kind of surprises me though what? His 3-cone.
1: His 3-cone is weirdly bad for a guy who has it's like 165 pounds. Bad. <laughs> yes. So at, at, especially at with,
0: And with a decent short shuttle.
1: Yeah, I don't know how your shuttle and 3-cone are ever that different. He But just people not looking at our screens right now, which is all of you because it's a podcast. Um, I'm had, not even looking at your screens. Yeah. I don't know what the hell. <laughs> yeah. Jakeem Grant had an elite shuttle. Uh, one of one of the combine's best shuttles but a below average three cone and those drills are kind of the same so it doesn't make sense to have that happen so, to you <laughs>
0: Not, i guess to, to put it into perspective not only is it a below average three cone so he had, he had 701 on a three cone and that's at a pro day so that's hand timed yeah so that's like that's even like a generous three cone um cooper cup at 40 pounds heavier did uh, a three cone in 6.5 seconds. Yeah. So Cooper Cup is a half a second faster in the three cone, weighing 40 pounds more.
2: Do you get to do the three cone again if you trip?
0: Uh, I believe you get two. So it's like you the get, 40, right? Like yeah, you, I think get you, get you get two, two tries. tries at
1: it. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So he has a weird athletic profile in addition to being short. And that's going to kill you off a lot of other radars. But uh, he's a burner. He's super fast, um, and he accelerates super quickly. And his his shuttle's good, so he's kind of agile in a weird way. Um, And that's that's why he's available. Like that's exactly why the Bears were able to get him for nothing. So, um, yeah, weird profile. Special uh... special teamers are um, are hard to scout because they often have weird profiles like this. And uh, and
0: it's it's funny. Is is Grant only had one like good year in college, and it was his senior year. Yep. So he had 1,200 yards receiving and 1,000 kick return yards. But prior to that, his best season was 500 kick return yards. It's, it's hard to scout. Maybe well, the Packers special teams is bad, yes.
2: and maybe... <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Which they he are. Is good. <laughs> he, t- he turned Oren Burks into a statue and then scampered 97 yards up the field. Well, well yep.
0: Oren Burks runs really good in a straight line. Yep, he does. Yeah.
2: But, but... Um, okay, so but we, before we get to really shitting on the special teams... <laughs> um, just have to mention that I felt like Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary were in the frame every time the quarterback was in some sort of duress. I felt like those those jersey numbers were everywhere when I was watching this game. And uh, and, and obviously, Kenny Clark dominated, but whatever. That's a rubber stamp. Yeah. Um. <laughs> man, I mean, Preston Smith is having a hell of a year. My new and, rule uh, is
1: I would never sign Preston Smith to more than a one-year contract.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, let the, so, When he's
0: working for his money, baby. He's when really, I was on the repack, Yeah, I, I compared it to Nick Perry.
1: that's i think a totally fair comparison he's uh, i I bet he mirrors nick perry heavily on when he's produced and when he hasn't and Mm -hmm. uh, i mean uh, honestly i kind of respect that a little bit it's a little bit human nature like it's one of the reasons here's the thing with preston smith one of the reasons you make professional football is because you have this crazy drive and you work your ass off all the time um i think it actually takes a little bit more talent to make it with a Preston Smith mercenary mindset. Where, no, I'm only working out when I'm getting paid. Um, I'm only going super heavy and, and enduring pain when I'm going to make a lot of money. It's very calculated. Um, and, uh, I, I like, it's not necessarily a good, like, moral thing. But uh, it, it's uh, it, it really does kind of make more sense in terms of being a normal human than a lot of <laughs> NFL players do. So, I, I kind of like it for that reason.
0: So a good a good frame of reference on the flip side of that someone who had a very similar mentality was Eddie Lacy. Um Eddie Eddie's first love was not football. He played football because he was pretty good at it and it made him a lot of money. Yeah. And he want his he was displaced by Katrina so he wanted to like help his family. Um he got his his rookie signing bonus bought his family a house and they're like no you got to wait for your second contract. He's like no we're good. Um <laughs> and then without like like he made it. Yeah. And then without Nick Saban there to to uh keep him motivated he just kind of fell out of love like he like he didn't watch film he didn't care yeah it was and it was a he, job
1: you get those once in a while and yeah. you
0: know but hey man like Takes all time. Yeah, that got drafted in the second round, not caring about football beyond a job. So good for him.
2: Yeah. And this is a this is a merciless profession. I mean, you're doing mm-hmm. long term damage to your body, short term damage to your body, and then long term on top of it, which no one's even thinking about yet. I, I mean, w- like. Yes, you want people who are competitors every every time they step on the field, but quite honestly, in this game, you also have to have to kind of know when to let your foot off the gas. Yeah. And I don't know if you can sustain a long career in a in a sport where the average career is so short as it is doing that. You probably can't. But yeah, you know, like again, human nature here is maybe a little more understandable than we would we would give it credit for on first totally. Gosh.
1: Human nature matters a lot. We al- I think we also need to step up and and improve our rankings on the Packers development uh, ability Uh, like Rashawn Gary is the other monster in this game and has been a monster all season and at this point clearly a good draft pick and and was a very controversial draft pick at the time as a super great athlete who lacked production in college for his athleticism and uh, there were much more um, polished guys on the board and uh, those guys often flunk out of the league, but the Packers turned him into a monster. And at this point, between guys like Russell Douglas and Rashawn Gary um, and Eric Stokes kind of stepping in immediately and being effective and getting better every week um, and Darnell Savage turning things around, um, their development's really good. That They are clearly able to take athletic guys and make them work. And not every team can do that. Their, their scouting and development, I think, is like best in league at this point. And uh, if you're looking for a reason to be optimistic in the post-Rogers-Adams post, post Rogers Adams era, that's a good one. Um, they're really good at scouting. And even though they're in salary cap hell and um, after the season, the future doesn't look that bright, I think they'll be able to plug a lot of holes um, very efficiently just by doing things like the Russell Douglas signing. Uh, until they clear cap space and can bring in 1A talent again. Um, so Gary is good for production, but also just for, like, not everybody could have turned him into a star, and they did, and they deserve tons of credit for it.
2: All right, let's let's uh, let's go to the dark side. Uh, all right. right. It's, time to, it's time to talk about <laughs> special teams. In the, in
0: the rundown, Paul wrote in all caps, special teams, ah... With 18 A's and what I believe is like 26 H's. There's definitely so. more H's than A's. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if that's how you're supposed to spell that, but
1: that's how I did. So
0: It works for me. So it was bad.
1: Yeah, so they came into this game uh, ranked 30th in special teams by DVOA. They were ahead of Atlanta and San Diego. Not San Diego. So, I mean... Let's just call them San Diego for this segment because it's about special teams. But uh, the Chargers, they were ahead of the Chargers. They left it in last. They're the worst special teams unit in the league. They earned it. They really put in an effort to
2: get there. Now, let me, before we get too deep on that, the DBOA, explain this to me as it relates to special teams. There's oh, just man. so many different aspects let to me, special teams. Let me
1: grab the, the splits up really quick. But um, so, special, kudos to Outsiders for. Giving splits for like every aspect of special teams, and I just move my mic mouth away from the mic when I'm typing, which is dumb. Um, but the Packers are uh, I know what off thought. top of my head. The Packers are last in the following special teams categories. They're last in field goal extra point kicking because Mason is not having a good year because of the snapping and the blocking and whatever. um <laughs> Although, shout out to Mason. This was
2: actually uh, Mason a fine was, game from him. Yeah. Uh, no, said, no, no, no. No
1: shout outs to Mason. Nope. He made all his kicks, oh. but. But no shout-outs to Mason, who, who also no, he, screwed up. He only kicked the ball out of bounds. Okay, he only and he only kicked out the end zone once. one time. One time on kicking out of the end zone. That's not good. And, you
0: know what's my favorite thing about that was uh, the kick out of out of the end zone came immediately after every single person in the Twitterverse was like, "I just don't think he has the leg anymore." So it was like he was reading the tweets on the side.
1: <laughs> I can do it. Well, he pro- he probably kicked it out of bounds for the same reason. That's the problem.
2: Yeah, and, and so that was one of the criticisms levied by against Mo Drayton on on my colleague Tom Silverstein and Ryan Wood, and uh, they, they do their The Green 19 podcast, and they said that, you know, it might have been a strategical misunderstanding of what the Bears were willing to do or wanted to do, even, even in the punt game, that it was sort of just not expecting them to want to return it. And the credit to the Bears, who I honestly didn't think, like, their special teams, you know, they made some foibles, too. They put a ball on the ground. The guy fell down fielding it. Like, it's not like they were you know world beaters obviously they returned one for a touchdown so that's really good but like they they had nothing to lose and they were going to return them you know like they weren't playing it safe on special teams so at least that could potentially explain some of the problems that they're going up against a team that isn't gonna you know isn't afraid of making a mistake because uh, they suck and i've said so
1: I've said kudos on this podcast like five times already. I'm going to not stop doing that. But um, Khalil Herbert was returning kickoffs for them. They're back up running back to David Montgomery, who's actually been pretty good. He had two 40-yard returns, and he was also the person who recovered the onside kick at the end of the game. Uh, so he had he is, a I think, a good special teams player, uh, and he capitalized on all of Mason's short kicks. Um So, here's what the Packers are last in. Um, They're last in field goal extra point kicking. They're a negative 13% DVOA on that. That's real bad. The next worst is Jacksonville at negative 10.4. They're the worst on kickoff return coverage. That is, they kick to other teams and have to make tackles. They're negative 4.9%, also bad. They're atrocious in punt return coverage, where they're a negative 6.2% DVOA. That is the Jakeem Hunt 97-yard touchdown kind of thing happening repeatedly over and over again. They're actually pretty good at punting. That's what they're best at. Uh, they came into this game a top-four team because of Corey. Um, they left it as the uh, 17th. 17th team. Okay. So that's that's kind of the splits
2: there on what they're good and what they're bad at. Um, Which tells me that's a little volatile. Like I'm guessing everybody's pretty bunched up in punting. To go from 4th to 17th is pretty dramatic. That's pretty volatile,
1: yes. You are correct about that. No, but bottom line is this: they're they're last in a lot of things that that's uh are sort of related to each other. <laughs> but like kicking is not the same as as covering punts and kicks, and they're bad at both of them, and that's not good. It's very bad, just just a just a atrocious game. Um, uh, should should we do should we do the list real quick? Because that they had they had the punt return for a touchdown. Jakeem had another thirty-four yard return on a fifty-seven yard punt. Um, he shanked a 22-yard punt later in the game, his worst punt of the season. Uh, Mason kicked one out of bounds. Khalil Herbert had two 40-yard kickoff returns. There was a muffed punt that was nullified by, a, I would say, a questionable penalty. I don't
0: think it was wrong, but I think it's a penalty that doesn't get called that often. Shout out to Razul Douglas, though, for making that play. Yep. So Razul Douglas held his arms up in the air the whole time. He goes, I didn't touch him. And then flagged. <laughs> he, he did. He so did. He did a good the job. Reason, the reason that that was... That penalty was called for the same reason that Tiki-Taki DPI gets called. It was sold. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Look, I didn't touch him. He went out of bounds. And by the way, the, the, the broadcast angle doesn't really lend credence to how deep out of bounds he was it doesn't like like Like, i said i
1: I don't think it's a bad call i just think it's a call that doesn't get made very often even when it happens
0: (laughs) however on the flip side did you see the packers gunner that got pushed into the stands yeah
1: i've been trying to figure out who it was for like the last for all day and i can't tell but um yeah just so everybody knows there's a packer gunner (laughs) who got pushed out running of running through the sideline. Yes, and he ran like 30 yards out of bounds behind the bench <laughs> and then ran back in bounds. It was not
0: flat. That's probably why it wasn't called because he legitimately left the field of play. You know, Football
2: Zebras posted though saying it, he they don't believe that's a foul because it isn't about how long you take to get back. It's when you're first, forced. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's your first angle the first available angle. You could argue there's all them people there, you just got to keep running until you have an opening to get back onto the field. You can't jump I over these people. There's, so,
0: look, there's all them people there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's such a
1: crazy place to have a judgment call. They
2: feel like it's not necessarily, so, it probably could have been called, but it's not necessarily a foul. Aside that.
1: from all of that, the, the slow motion of Amari Rogers <laughs> fielding that punt it makes me think like he's never played
0: football before. Also, uh, did you see how he tried to field that punt?
1: Yeah, I just just said
0: that right now. It went. It like almost hit him in the head. He didn't. No, yeah. but I, he he diamonded. He he tried to field the punt like he was catching a pass. He did. Just, Which yeah. you don't.
1: You just don't do that. You don't do that, <laughs> and he missed the ball. <laughs> like it, it. Like oh, if it was coming for his face, it would have hit him in the face, and that's not good. You don't want that. He's very bad. They should not have him out there anymore. They shouldn't have had him out there weeks ago. It was very – slow motion is comical. It looks like uh, a fake movie scene again of an incompetent player returning punts. And then it didn't matter, but also the onside kick was very bad on the Packers' part. Like, not good. Very, very bad. It was so easy. It looked like the easiest onside kick of all time. Uh, Thank God it wasn't close. It would have given so many people heart attacks. It would have killed, like, two dozen Wisconsin people. Um
2: it would have rewritten Brandon Bostick's history yep. because it would have been the new he one. He was there. He was the there.
0: He was yeah. at the game. It,
2: yeah. It's probably like man, I actually could do better than these guys. For sure. And well, he probably I mean, could.
0: It was it went over MVS's head, right? Or like it,
2: he, he was because the Cuz he volleyed it over his head. Yeah, it
1: went. Yes. it did go over his head. But it's like somebody just catch the catch the ball. Uh, yeah. Like, not that hard. They lost thirteen point three points of EPA on special teams this week,
0: so um, that's that's a lot of points. Most of the time After you the... don't win by that much. <laughs> After the EPA came out, I said, "I said so." For the people don't understand, according to the nerds, the Packers would have won by thirty if special that's teams. That's correct. Teams suck. Yes,
1: that is right, and I, I think absolutely legitimate in this case. That that, that yeah. I think that is completely the case. They cost them so many points. I mean, obviously they cost them seven because more than seven. That that touchdown return is more than seven points because fielding the ball at the three yard line on a punt is a negative EPA play for sure. Also. Also That's like a nine point like, play. He,
0: he was almost tackled on the Yeah, he points. was. <laughs> it was so close. And the and the way the way the Packers defense was playing, that could have been a safety. Yeah. That, it was, that, that drive could have ended in a safety. Yeah, oh man. Just a huge swing.
2: So shout out to the Bears for being so bad that there was a historically bad special teams performance and they still were not able to get within two scores. Or well, I guess technically it's within two scores, but yeah. Comfortable comfortable loss let's, despite all that. Real
1: real quick, let, let's talk about Justin Fields because um I feel like his numbers in this game, if you like two years from now, if you look back at this game on Justin Fields numbers, it's gonna look okay because he threw two touchdowns and he did throw the pick six, which is bad, but it's gonna show up just as one pick
0: and uh he had a ton had of rushing. He had, a, he had a garbage time. He had a garbage time pick. Oh, okay, that looks he bad. Had the, he had the game. The that's game right. Ender, he so, did have the game ender. So he threw. He threw for as many yards as Jakeem Grant returned. <laughs> um. So G, Jakeem Grant had two hundred and twenty return yards. And Is that Justin true? Fields threw. I don't think that's true. I think I added him up and it was are, 131 I it was the bears. yards. The sorry, the the bears themselves as a whole, I believe, had 220. That's 210 probably ten. That's that's definitely yards. right. That's with Herbert's yards in there too. Yeah. Um, and Justin Fields threw for 220. Um, he threw two touchdowns and two picks with a passer okay. rating of 70. So I, I I think years from now people Fair still enough. look back and go. Uh. He also had a bunch of rushing yards though. Yeah, but he ran for a long distance. So like yeah. like he probably looks good in QBR because of the run. He
1: probably does. I don't. But he, yet. I think, is bad. Um, and, and they've they've done no favors for him. Uh, his offensive line's bad. But uh, he threw some ugly balls in that game. Lots of jumping. What's with the, lots of ducks, lots of jumping when he's getting hit. And uh, the the pick six to Russell Douglas, that was a bad throw. That was a one read throw. He had nothing on it. Um, I mean, Douglas did a good job on it but uh you can't be making that throw. I think that is a throw you make when you are not processing things very quickly and uh you are just obeying orders and trying to make the basics happen and uh I, not great. Um they need to get somebody else in very quickly to fix their quarterback situation. Jacksonville too. But Chicago and Jacksonville kind of the same deal. Not not good. Bad for young quarterbacks. Kind of sad to see.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I think the question isn't is he good now, but will he be good? Yeah, and that's it. Doesn't seem like that's something we can really even even the broadcast murdered
0: before he he can be good. Well, right, that's also an (laughs)
2: issue. Even the broadcast is pointing out, and not even on the Russell Douglas play, how he just sticks to one read and he doesn't. He doesn't. He's very much one read right now. It's not a good way.
1: Like,
0: (laughs) did you guys? They're doing him a
1: disservice by not moving on. Um, they should have. They should have fired Nagy earlier. And they should fire him now, and the next time they should fire him <laughs> is next week because every week is just losing time on your quarterback development.
0: Do you guys think that there was any credence to the um the report pre Thanksgiving? N- so so there was a report that came out that said that Najee's gonna be fired yeah, after they Thanksgiving. had lost. Yeah. And, then the, I and think, then the
1: team uh so here's what I think about this. Uh, I think that they have decided to fire him already and had decided to fire him on Thanksgiving, but the Bears are owned by the Hallis family, and the Bears have never fired a coach in season, ever. And I don't think that as long as as long as long the McCaskies are alive, they'll do it. So I, I, literally, I think that's it. Like he, I think he's doomed, and uh, that leaked out, but they won't do it until the season's over because they've never done it, and they don't want to set the precedent.
2: It was a really weird news outlet to um not to say that they they don't have contacts they probably they probably do patch is known as a community organiz you know community news organization (laughs) chicago is a little different like i i like i said i have no reason to doubt it per se other than that's a very strange spot for it to emerge from (laughs) uh and and it did not surprise me when it didn't come to (laughs) fruition but it's similar to the special teams thing it's a question of what what do you gain uh, because there's going to be some chaos that emerges from it. Yeah. I think you're making a compelling case that you do gain an opportunity to just get the guy who doesn't is doing his quarterback, no favors out of the picture. Like maybe there is some value there. I would say with special teams, it's a little bit, you know, and, and this was written about in, in journal Sentinel and JS online. You can't just bring somebody in off the street who doesn't know the personnel and try to like round up the troops and figure this out in four weeks time, you know? And, and and it's not like the, the guys behind him on the coaching tree are, are experienced. So you kind of just have to ride it out. Yeah. So, I mean, I think most, most teams will always, I mean, obviously this is no secret. They will always err on the side of riding it out. If there's nothing (laughs) like if you've got to have a really compelling, compelling reason to do it. Given sort
1: of the local um, buzz around how much better bill laser is. I'm a little surprised that they don't just give that a shot for half a season. Those so, uh, that's the reason I thought it may have some credence. Is okay, we have a guy who seems to be better with young quarterbacks. Let's put him in charge. But, uh, but that's kind of it. Um, and y- yeah, you don't necessarily want to, it does cause chaos. And honestly, until this week, they weren't out of it either. <laughs> They're out of it now, but if, if you, I don't know if you looked at the NFC lately, but as of last week, they were not out of the playoff race.
2: <laughs> no, so and that's the thing: six and seven teams, all of the teams that are under five hundred, <laughs> slightly below five hundred, have a shot. When there are seven teams that get in, they all have a shot. The Saints, which lost like five games in a row, they have a shot. Yeah, Carolina, Carolina's two games under five hundred now, so they're maybe worse off, but like you can't rule them out. Nope, the Bears were fine. Well, not fine, not they were fine, but they were bad they were
1: legit contenders for a playoff spot they're which still not they officially know. eliminated yeah they're not officially they're absolutely not but they're they're not gonna make it they're but, gonna go. yeah um,
0: it's sort of like that Did you guys see the uh like the spider web that kept the lions in mathematically
1: yes yeah <laughs> wow. uh, uh the oh shoot i've got football outsiders guy does it every week uh um, brian Beautiful. something so the
0: the, <laughs> the lions are are now officially uh they are eliminated they're out the there are four teams out yes yeah, so when they were ten, they were one, ten, and one. There was like eight things that had to happen every week in order to like perfectly sneak them in the wild card. Yep. So is there not one of those for the Bears right now? Are they officially? They're done? still in. They're still. They're, they're still, still, still in. good. In. Um, I There's only four
1: it, teams eliminated. Yep. La- last thing I do want to mention on the Bears before we move on to bigger and better things that the, they need to fire Nagy. He is the fundamental problem. Or uh, sorry, Pace Ryan Pace is the problem. Pace. Nagy is also a problem at this point. He's clearly not a good head coach. But Ryan Pace in his era uh, has the second fewest number of high round draft picks taken. I did this last week. I wrote about it. He has 24. Only the bills have done less. They had 23, but they got Josh Allen that fixes all your problems. Um, Next year, because of the trade up to get Justin Fields, the bears only have two picks in the top four rounds. They have a second and a third rounder. So they still don't have a first round pick. Um, They cannot fix any of their problems. They're still in salary cap hell. They lose Allen Robinson, um, Khalil Mack makes $30 million next year. They are just a disaster of a franchise. So even if they do move on from everybody, it's not an attractive situation to come into because you don't have any of the building blocks you'd like to have for a team. And you're definitely going to have to do a Detroit-style super tank for a year because there's no quarterbacks coming out in this class and you're going to need to get a high pick for two years from now. So they're like doomed to next year that they're totally screwed it's not good and to contrast that with the team the packers have coming up uh the ravens are basically the smartest team in football in terms of how they manage assets they have had the most picks of the uh ryan pace era since 2015 um with 44 they've had 20 more picks than the bears in the top four rounds of the draft over that time period um they have picked a bunch of guys who are good on their team, but they've also picked the guys who are good who they've traded, like Darren Waller and, uh, oh, shoot, um, another good Raider linebacker. I forget, whatever. Um, so the Packers <laughs> are going up against like the, from the dumbest team to the smartest team next week. So that, that'll be fun, too. Um, so,
0: they're also going up against, is it the number one special teams DVOA? <laughs> number
1: one special teams DVOA. That's what the the Ravens have. That is correct. Most of that is their kicker but they're good at other things as well.
2: Uh, So this is the part of the program where you get to wax poetic about Tyler Huntley. Yeah. One of your your favorite people. And I I, I was going to say, I think actually the, the the Packers are in the best possible situation here, because I know that you, you truly believe that Baltimore is better with Tyler Huntley than they are with (laughs) Lamar Jackson. And in this case, you're going to probably still get Lamar Jackson, but a lesser, you know, an, a hobbled version of him. So that actually might be a best case scenario for for Green Bay. Ultimately, yeah. And it obviously depends how the game goes and stuff. I think that's true.
0: I, so I know you um, love Tyler. Hobbled Hulland. Lamar. Hobbled Lamar is worse than healthy Huntley.
2: Yes.
1: Um, and. For sure. This is not like an Aaron Rodgers situation where if his toe is hurt and he can't move, he's still really good because like his, his throwing is really good. Lamar Jackson, first of all, like none of my praise for Tyler Huntley should be interpreted as slander on Lamar Jackson because <laughs> Lamar ja- Lamar Jackson is also really good, and especially if you run a creative offense with him like the Ravens do and, and have for a while. He won an MVP legitimately. Um, but Lamar Jackson is not as good of a passer as Tyler Huntley is. He is best when he is fully mobile and can make people miss a ton and spring people up and downfield and run a ton of RPOs and a ton of cool rollouts and a ton of cool Harbaugh plays. Um, Jackson's great when he's doing all that stuff. But if he's he's dinged up, like if he has to stand in the pocket, he can pass from the pocket. He's not incompetent at it, but he's not good at it either. He's a bottom third quarterback if he can't move and he's a top, Ten quarterback if he can, so catching him injured um, is the perfect time to catch him. Yeah, and just Tyler Huntley is a very good passer. Um, he is he's mobile, but he's not Lamar Jackson mobile. But uh, he in college was one of the three most accurate quarterbacks in football during his tenure at Utah, and um, he. Has shown that ability when he's played in the NFL in small sample sizes. He's had not great situations every time he's played. He's he's always coming off the bench, meaning he hasn't had a full prep week of a uh, week of prep for any team so far. But uh, so he said he's had to run Jackson plays when he's in. Um, if they actually have a week to tailor his plays to him and go with his deep ball, he'll be really good. He is. Uh, and by the way, th- I I found Tyler Huntley through Cubops uh, in college and. <laughs> Just, just I get asked about this. Like, why do I like Tyler Holly? Here's why I like Tyler Holly. I run this every year, and I always look at guys who have a 400 um, completion percentage and a 600 slugging percentage. You complete a lot of passes, you can play them down the field. That, that's what I look at. A lot, a lot of those guys are good. A lot of those guys are small school guys in in gimmick offenses who clearly aren't going to be great NFL quarterbacks. But um, even the guys like that tend to be at least good backups. Like smart guys who are accurate and make good reads. And uh, I go look at tape. I just I, like if guys are just gimmick guys, I discount them. There's a few of them. Um, Huntley was not one. He was in a big program. He made great throws um, routinely throughout the season. He was super accurate in the way that all of the big name quarterbacks uh, of the day were. and um, he was excluded from the senior bowl in the combine, basically because a, he's short, um not that short, but not Russell Wilson short, but short. And, and B, because he is an African-American quarterback and the, the Senior Bowl um, came under a lot of fire uh, after Huntley was excluded for that very thing. So um, he didn't get to show off uh, at either of those things. He went undrafted. And th- just the Ravens uh, clearly pick up players like Tyler Huntley who fly under radars and uh, and, and draft and develop, By the way, just so you know. Nobody's had more African American quarterbacks than the Ravens over the Ozzie Newsome, Eric Castro era. They're uh, clearly looking for other teams ignoring African American quarterbacks, and they've had a, a ton of them as a result, and to great success. So, um, Huntley ended up in the perfect spot, and he uh, he was a top CPOE guy in college. In addition to a Cubox Cubops guy, which is a legit stat that predicts it, and he's 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 good. He's really really good. So. Um, I, I don't want to ever play him coming off a week of full game prep, and I'm glad we're getting Lamar Jackson, um, hurt and, uh, likely to not be at hundred percent. It's good. Okay. End of Tyler
0: Huntley. So, rat. okay. Also for frame of reference for the people who didn't study Tyler Huntley because he magically showed up in one of their invented statistics, like with yeah. Paul, um, justice Mosqueda of acne packing company compares Tyler Huntley to Zach Wilson. Yeah. So there's your, there's your frame of reference there. It would be like the Packers playing against Zach Wilson.
2: That's... The Ravens. Oh, go ahead. R- really, really quick, not to
1: disagree with justice. I think that's actually a pretty good comp. Um, they had very similar college numbers and very similar CPOE. I'll just say this, uh, Tyler Huntley in college had w- way worse weapons than Zach Wilson did in college and put up almost the same production. So, um, I actually would prefer him. I know we have a question later about who, who I would, uh, would prefer to Jordan love and, uh, Tyler Huntley is definitely one of the people I prefer to Jordan Love <laughs> because he had similar talent to Jordan Love, and Jordan Love went through a bazillion interceptions, and Tyler Huntley went out and played really, really well. So that's my, my difference there.
0: You also, I believe, wanted uh, Hertz over Love, right? Those I did want Hertz U-bops, over Love. Yeah, I U-bops still,
1: I still like Hertz over Love. So,
2: April 29th, 2021 was one of my least favorite days of the (laughs) this past calendar year. It was a day when uh, Corbin Burns entered the uh, COVID-19 protocol for the Brewers. It was the day that Aaron Rodgers decided and through Adam Schefter that he did not want to come back to the Packers. The Bucks lost a terrible game in Houston in which Giannis was injured and the NFL draft did not unfold as I wanted when Greg Newsom and Rashad Bateman went back to back. Ah, uh, yes. The Cleveland Browns getting Newsome, Baltimore getting Bateman. It broke my heart. I really thought he would be great. I don't know anything about the NFL draft, but that is the guy that I had settled on because I read an article or something. And, uh, I mean, obviously I've, I saw Bateman play a lot in college, of course, because he played for Minnesota against the Badgers. And I thought he was pretty special. I did not, uh, if I recall, not play much in 2020, if at all in 2020. Uh, so, uh, so I hadn't seen him in a while, but, it sounds like Rashad Bateman maybe like if if the Packers had gotten him, it's not that he's a can't miss type guy at this point, but uh, but you know he's still doing some things with the Ravens, is my understanding.
1: He is, I like Rashad Bateman a lot, um, and I think what he would be is what you want Amari Rodgers to be, um, a guy who is great as a yak guy who can go outside and into the slot and um, contribute instantly, and also a much better athlete uh, than than Amari Rodgers was Um, a a great Raz guy. Like if you're the Packers, what you're searching for with the Amari Rodgers pick is a Debo, is a Debo Samuel. Like that is what you're, what you're going for there. And Bateman has a much better chance of being that, and kind of has been that like a Debo Samuel light for the Ravens. Not nobody is just, by the way, for people listening, if you don't know how good Debo Samuel is, he is the best yards after catch receiver in the history of football um wow and Jesus. <laughs> um, he oh matt's laughing it, this is absolutely true yes we only have stats
0: right. i i i don't doubt your statistic i'm saying i, I went wow because that's a we that's only we
1: only have these stats going back a few years but the the amount that debo samuel dominates all of the yak stats by is incredible and unprecedented so um that's what you're going for with Bateman. And he's actually a decent approximation. And he's he's really good. He's going to be really... He's going to test Devondre Campbell um, and whether he is fully back next week. That If you are looking for a good fantasy start on the Ravens, he's a good one to have because he's going to be going against a current Packer weakness if Campbell's
2: not right. Uh, the 49ers, by the way, are going to be a hell of a matchup for whoever... Right now, that's the sixth seed. They would wind up facing probably... Dallas if the season ended today yep I would not want anything to do with the 49ers right now since the Packers beat them they've basically been they've been they've been a terror (laughs) yes they have when they have Kittle
1: back they are unstoppable and they've they basically switched uh Debo to running back and made him a made him Kyle Juszczyk in that and it's been impossible to cover for other teams it's ridiculous
2: yeah yeah, you don't want anything to do with that. They're going to upset somebody, and then maybe face the Packers in the second round. If you know, if the Packers do end up holding onto that one seed, you, you, I think I think at this point would, it would all be great to see Mike McCarthy there as the four seed uh, if, if chalk prevailed. But if any lesser seed wins, uh, they're going to be the one headed to face the one. And wouldn't well, I would um, much rather see Dallas or Arizona than San Francisco at this the point Cowboys.
0: The Cowboys fans in my mentions all week are saying that the that the offense for the boys is in some like unshakable skid and Kellen Moore sucks and whatever. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Even though Kellen Moore is awesome. the Cowboys are good. And- Cowboy fans are just
2: weird. They're also like <laughs> they're, the Cowboys are really close. They're, they're really close to being the top seed. They in are. The NFC. they really if are. The Packers lose. They need the, bu- the Buccaneers. They don't have a head to head with. So that's a, a fly in the ointment that way. But, um, You know, with Arizona losing on Monday night, the Packers, like we said, move into the one spot, one seed Bucks now up to the two. And, you know, it kind of feels like Arizona was there to be something we focused on to take our attention off of Tampa Bay. But I still feel like I feel like every road goes through Tampa Bay, whether or not Tampa Bay is like legitimately the places where people are going to have to play. I feel like you got to beat the Buccaneers to get to the Super Bowl,
1: beat the best to be the best. And they are the best. Everything says the <laughs> It's annoying. It's very annoying. It's uh, bad. But can, it's, it's awful. Can, really, really quick before we move on to more Ravens and questions and whatnot. Um, I, I saw a lot this week of people saying that there are more talented quarterbacks than Tom Brady. And I'm kind of sick of it because... Tom Brady is just talented between the ears. Like, he gets the ball out faster than ever, anybody, as accurately as anybody. Um, and yes, he might not be, like, fast or have, like, the best strong arm ever, but, like, 90% of quarterbacking is just a brain thing. It's not about that. Like, Kyle Buller would be the best quarterback ever. It was just arm strength and whipping the ball around. And, like, uh, Tom Brady is super-duper-duper talented, clearly. And um, I I hate every time I see that, like, well, Rodgers is more talented than Brady. Well, Kind of, except he sits back there and holds the ball for 15 seconds every time and you know, takes a bunch of sacks. And Tom Brady gets the ball instantly every time because he sees people open instantly every time. That's that's talent, too. And um, your definition of talent is bad if it has Tom Brady being less talented than all, basically any other quarterback who's ever played. Because he's an old man who's number one in DVOA and favorite to win the Super Bowl and looks like he can still play for another five years. So a- enough of that.
2: And look at the guys Tom Brady has thrown to over his career. There just aren't that many guys that you think of. Like he's had, you know, Wes Welker was he's a good had, player.
0: He's had the greatest tight end of all time. He's sure, had okay, top you're five right. Five tight end of all
2: time, and the second, second best receiver Randy of all, all time. time. Although like, there's one. Wait, the second best, best receiver best. of all time? Are we counting? Is this Randy Moss we're yeah, talking about? It's yeah. Randy Moss. Yeah, but I mean, he had Randy Moss. He didn't have Randy Moss for that long. He's, his record-setting year was with Randy Moss. Was, I, I realized. <laughs> yes, I realized he had a couple of really good years <laughs> with Randy Moss. I guess I. I guess I'm just. He the I don't best know. slot I,
0: receiver of all time. He did a best am,
2: slot receiver of all time. That's true. I'm finding myself more and more odd by the way Tom Brady plays. Is I, no, I guess I'm what totally I'm saying f- is he doesn't need anybody there. He, can have, uh, he can have nobody's.
1: His current team is completely loaded with receivers. So. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> not a good example. He I completely have,
0: agree with you. Completely he can have the you. guy who got Johnny Manziel drafted in the first round. He can, He can have the guy who kept Big Ben good for a really long time. He can have a stable of running backs who were magically cut by other teams when they were still good. He can have one of the best offensive minds of our generation as his head coach. Like, Tom Brady is playing on a super team. I don't want to so, disparage the guy. Super coach, but yes, a,
1: but um, I do think that one of the Patriots... So they had Randy Moss, yes. and But one of the Patriot geniuses was finding super good guys at tight end and slot receiver, not outside, because we can point to Randy Moss. But they have not really had other good outside receivers other than Randy Moss. Um, no, that's you're, kind you're,
0: of it. Like that's totally fair. Yeah, and, and now he has ben, them. I'm thinking more tight ends. Ben Watson. Ben Watson was awesome for yeah. the Chiefs. <laughs> well, and
2: the murderer. He was awesome. And uh, Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. He <laughs> yeah, was good. I mean, they had Hernandez and Gorkowski on the same team. That's the same yeah. draft class. Yep. Same draft class. Yeah.
0: So they went. You know what's really funny with with Hernandez uh, kicked off of the team's history. Um a lot of the strength records in the weight room revert to the last holder, and basically all of them were held by Ben Watson. Hmm. So, like, hmm. Ben Watson nice. was stronger than Good most offensive linemen, all right. and he was faster than a lot of wide receivers. Right. So,
1: okay, yay, Ben yep. Watson. Really, really quick before we move on to the Ravens, because we got to get through questions. We've got a ton of them. Um, Mark Andrews is the best Raven offensive player and uh, a bad matchup for the Packers. Uh, so, want to everybody watch out for him. But I want to mention Patrick Ricard really quickly. Um, Because Patrick Ricard is the Ravens' fullback, and most teams don't use a fullback these days. The Packers don't use a fullback. Um, He is the number one graded fullback by Pro Football Focus, and uh, really, really good, uh, especially in the run game of pancaking the hell out of people. So um, if you are also looking for maybe a less good Devondre Campbell game than normal, Uh, Keep an eye on the Ricard versus Campbell matchup in the hole because it should be a good one Um, and um, it should be a a bunch of good crunching hits in the running game. Uh, So everybody, please do keep an eye
2: on that. Patrick Ricard's really, really good lead blocker. All right, let's do questions. We got a lot of Patreon questions. They, of course, get question priority. We'll start with Mark Potscarby. Was that the worst special teams performance in NFL history? And Paul did research and we're going to say no, absolutely
1: not. not. Um, so I think the worst game in uh, worst special teams game in NFL history is the Oakland Raiders versus San Diego Chargers from October 10th, 2010 during the Chargers historically bad special team season where they went nine and seven and missed the playoffs, even though they had the best offense by yardage and the uh, best yard, uh, defense by yardage in the league and um, just highlighting this one, they had two punts blocked. Um, one went for a touchdown. In the
2: first, like, three, five minutes of the game. Yes, correct. Well,
1: One went for a touchdown. One went for a safety. Um, there were a bunch of big returns in this game. It was just a complete debacle. And it it basically cost the Chargers the playoffs because they lost the game by eight points. If they just get punts off cleanly, you no, know, even if they're bad punts, they probably win this game. Um, this was a... A three-game losing streak that where special teams cost them all three games, but this is the worst game in that set. So I think that's just a huge, huge debacle of a special teams performance by the Chargers here. Um, went
2: back and looked, and if they win that game, they win the division. They already have a better uh, divisional record against than Kansas City did. Won the division that year, they would have been even better yep. because that's a divisional game. So, so uh, I they do absolutely think, would have gone to the playoffs. I do
1: think there was a worse Packer performance too. Um, and oh, uh, you probably don't want to... Ke- so it's from 1975, so
3: it's a
1: long time. <laughs> <laughs> on, uh, on September 21st, 1975, the Packers lost to the Lions 30-16, to and a record was set in this game. Uh, the, the Packers punter was Steve Broussard, and he had three punts blocked in the same game. Uh, the only time it's ever happened in uh, NFL history when they were keeping track of punt blocks. Uh, one of them went for a touchdown um the rest put them in terrible shape field position wise we don't have the play-by-play from that game so i can only see what resulted in scores and what didn't but uh steve broussard three punts blocked in the same game and uh um jester uh, markle he had a good game but uh the the rest of the team not so okay good
0: but can, so. can we talk about the packers quarterback in that game um john Lindicky season john hadel is john hadel yeah john hadel went 11 for 31 he did 153 yards and two, two interceptions picks. yeah not a good quarterback and A game. passer rating of 25 which is 13 points worse than if he threw every pass into the dirt <laughs> i mean it was not a good game
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, the packers back yes. in back in the dark ages so that's this I'm sure we could talk about this more, but the, the flukiness of special teams, it still strikes me that, okay, they had this legendarily bad night on special teams and they still won by 15 points. Yeah, and I realized that the bears are bad. Of course they are. And against it only takes really one bad mistake in the playoffs. I, I totally understand it. But if you have an elite offense and elite defense, that's still going to overcome a lot of this, which is why, and it's never going to be as bad as it was against the bears. I mean, <clears throat> I absolutely should not say that. Out loud. Of, course, <laughs> of course they can go out and prove me wrong. But, like, that was a worst-case scenario, and they still won by 15 points. So part of me is still a little bit like, yeah, it's really bad. There's a track record. It's horrible. And it, it it very well might cost them the game. I also think it very well might not. It might not cost them a playoff game because those those plays are few and far between. They're fluky. And unless you're getting punts blocked and returned to the end zone, you know, even a 40-yard return on a kickoff, as bad as it is, is is manageable, so I I don't know. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong; it's bad. They should do something.
0: So, uh, a, a forty yard return on a kickoff against a Kyle Shanahan team that's, is a death sentence. Th- see, sure, that's I,
1: the, the problem with this: is you are playing the Bears, and if you if you have this happen in the playoffs against a team that's not the Bears, it hurts you a lot worse. So, I think that's the big thing here. And yeah. if you are in like the Ravens are on the other side, which is very good for them but if you run into like the ravens in the playoffs with the best special teams and they get a punt return on you and are competent in the other phases of the game it, it knocks you out you're done you're out of the playoffs so that's that's where it hits you it, yeah, it was I mean,
2: obviously Obviously, I get that. It's it's like baseball defense versus offense. Yes, defense is super important. It's more important than we even realized a few years ago. But there was a time where it was like, you know what? Suck a little on defense because the bats make up for it. <laughs> offense is more important than defense. And special teams is still just a few plays a game. Yep. I, I obviously think, yes, it's a major problem and, and uh-huh. it's frustrating as hell and all that. But like. I, I also kind of like it might not actually come up in the playoffs. There is a chance it does not come up. If you have a bad defense, there's no way that doesn't come up. <laughs> so, there's no way. So, Why what,
0: what you are experiencing right now is the stages of grief, and you are in the. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really need it. It'll in be my okay, life.
3: guys. <laughs>
1: They I mean, should go out and sign better right. people for special teams, though.
0: It's
2: bad. Well, they're just going to promote their starters is what they're going to do. And I then know. somebody's going to get hurt, and that's going to be the real cost of well, all the I special mean, teams issues.
0: I've said it a bunch of times. P. Carroll credits his Super Bowl win with using starters on special teams.
2: Like,
1: Yeah, it yeah, matters. It definitely important. matters. Even if it's not a good idea, it matters a lot. Okay,
2: next question. Yeah. Steven Kurtz says, would it be safer to not even have a punt return? <laughs> the ball roll to a stop and let the offense take over, sure, you might start inside the five a few times, but at least you have the ball.
1: Uh, no. So the yeah. minimum you should do is the Tremont Williams-Mike Pryor system, where um, people who don't remember the Super Bowl season, Mike Pryor was an old, slow white safety, and uh, he would catch punts and not move forward, and that worked perfectly well. Um and Tremont, old Tremont did that too. So you can at least have a guy stop the ball from rolling backwards. You can put a sure hit. Like even if you put DeMonte Adams out there and just say, fair catch it. Don't put yourself at risk. Catch the ball and that's it. That's your minimum. You should have a guy do that.
0: I feel like they tried that once. With and Cobb. And time was Randall Cobb. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but Cobb is a previous punt returner. You can't tell him not to return it. That's the thing he's he's going to try. You, you can get a sure-handed guy back there and just make the instruction you're not returning anything no matter what. And that would be, be- so, that would be better, but not rolling
0: not, f- don't let it roll. My favorite thing about special teams being at the forefront is now average fans are learning that special teams exists. Yep. <laughs> and so the the takes in the Acme Packing Company comment section and in from the Twitter eggs, like like the first name bunch of numbers <laughs> guys, um, are so horrendous. Like special teams takes are usually just like, well, why don't you guys just try harder? And then so, I saw a take the other day that was like, we should get Mike Gahide back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, you want us? You want us to just retrieve an All Pro
2: safety? <laughs> just just that would be nice. I agree. We should do that. From the
0: ether. <laughs> we should.
2: That would be great. Uh, I'm sure he's really excited to come back to Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They left on such good terms. Right. All right, Jeremy mowen has got some good ones. He says, has there been any indication Josh Myers may return at some point this season? Haven't heard much about his status and OL depth in big trouble right now with Billy Turner, potentially lost for the year. I'll answer that one quickly. It doesn't. Sound, they have no timetable on him. It sounds like maybe, but maybe is as good as you get there with yeah, Josh
1: Myers. They always say hopeful that he'll return this season. That's all you
2: got. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, wanted to hear your takes on the always fun argument of fans using the phrase we when referring to their team. Number yeah. three, are are Jared Bush and Jeff Janis available to help the special teams? Uh, this is, by the way, we'll talk about we in a second. Jared Bur- Bush is the converse corollary converse. I don't even know of, of my point. That's an awesome special teams player. Yeah. stud special teams player. Oh completely vilified in Green Bay because he wasn't good on defense. He was a yes. uh, he was a guy who couldn't play on defense. So people don't value special teams in any in any way shape or form. Like that's why he they kept him around cuz he was so so good but so you know.
1: A lot of Green Bay people do like Jared Bush, but you are right; he is vilified by a huge chunk of the population. The Super
2: Bowl helped him. Helped his like. I was going to say he did. Say. He
1: had an interception in the Super Bowl, so mm-hmm. <laughs> um, everybody should love Jared Bush, who tried real hard and was a great special teams player, and used his hard work and ethic, work ethic to get himself a Super Bowl interception. So
0: he's great, but yeah. he also married a. Brazilian Olympic sprinter, like good for you.
2: Yeah, oh. good for you indeed. What if they're is how old do they have any children old enough to play special teams <laughs> in the NFL?
0: <laughs> no, I feel I like that children, would work really well. Their children are toddlers at best.
1: And I do have to mention, Jeff Janice is only 30 years old.
0: So. Yeah, Jeff Janis is real busy living in the woods, owning a tire, tire shop, tire and, shop and, post- right? and, yeah. and posting conspiracy <laughs> theories on his Instagram yes. story. Hey. Yeah, you don't you don't yeah. want him, but he is young enough to come back. Ja- Ouch. Jeff Janis, Jeff whom I love for his special teams production, is a nut bar. Yep. Oh, great.
2: What about um, using we
0: uh, a- As an owner. <laughs> <I> believe, uh, <laughs> per-
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not the first time you've played that card, but keep uh, playing it, baby.
0: As as an owner, I believe I have purchased the rights to become a Wii fan, and I will look down upon all uncertified Wii fans so moving forward. I
1: I agree with point one. I'm also an owner, and I do like throwing that in people's faces when I get the Wii complaint. However, um, I'm not I'm not as big a snob on normal fans. Um, like fandom exists so you can say we. Um, like the whole sport is based on having a bunch of people connected to it in a way where they feel personally involved, and I like. Being a snob about this is annoying. Um, yes, we all understand we're not out there on the field and contributing to wins and losses, but you should still say we for your team, and you should yell at people who complain about this. Yeah. So, Jr. is a journalist, so he shouldn't say we. He has to be objective. But like, I agree. If, yeah, if you're if you're a fan. Yeah, you absolutely should. Like, that's literally the whole point of being a football fan. <laughs> and it's fine. And if anybody tells you different, um, t- tell them to screw off. Um, and yeah, if you want to make it official, get a share. But uh,
2: it- it's fine. It's totally fine. I agree that I would personally feel uncomfortable using we. I don't do it, or at least. I certainly try not to there. There've been a couple of times I've listened back to this podcast and I, I didn't, I didn't use it quite that way, but like the way I worded the sentence, you could have interpreted that that's what I was saying. And I, and I always like cringe. Cause that's, that's not what I'm shooting for. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't like it for myself, but I do categorize it under the don't tell people how to fan thing. Like you are allowed to talk about your team, how you want to talk about it, live and die. Like the whole, like you said, the whole apparatus is there for people to get way too invested in this shit. So, um, I also think, <laughs> I also think that sometimes my brethren in, in journalism use this as a little bit of a gatekeeper thing, which I am yeah, uncomfortable with. I agree with, with that. I think that this, and this is a whole other rabbit hole, but the the, the pushback against questions that start with "talk about" is another one. And again, I could. I could go down that rabbit hole another time but like there are some things in place where where journalists like to like to feel they're r- rising above it like the wave sometimes falls into that category but certainly this thing does we're like oh you can't use we and again in the in journalism i think there is a professional decorum where maybe you don't but fans should absolutely be allowed to say we it is not a big deal it's also like th- th- why does that distract you who cares it's you a know, dumb we, point about. It, like I'm,
0: I'm sorry we we need to back up. I need to interrupt right, this discussion. Right, right. We Need to back up for a second. Jr. Yes. Going off on a journalism tangent. This is fascinating. <laughs> like, like, okay. Th- this is as as much as our listeners like listening to Paul like go into one of his like no one, stat rants. No one
1: likes that, but okay.
0: People actually do. By the way, I'm uh, there. There are people in the comments who are like, "God, that's so annoying," and then there are other people in the comments that go, "Shut up." <laughs> to to them not to you. JR, <laughs> I would love I would love a JR rant. But like this whole like like don't start questions with talk about. I've never heard that before. You haven't really? I don't know. I don't know anything about covering football as a journalist because I make memes and talk about my butt <laughs> on right, the really internet. All right, really quick. I like, <laughs> I, would, I
1: would like JR's take on the talk about. Uh, for... Let's save it for a future podcast. That's fine, that's so we got fine. too yeah, many future questions. Po- future we podcast
0: do. topic. Someone on Patreon, someone on Discord ask about uh covering football as a journalist oh yeah also ask about talk about ask ask about ask jr's take on the micah Hyde journalism (laughs) anyway i would love to hear jr's take on that we'll do that we is
1: fine i feel like it's always a dumb semantic thing where where you're accused of being like thinking you're part of the team and nobody thinks that it's just a fan thing it's fine hey man i have a lot really
0: hard i yelled really hard on third down And the Packers got to stop. There you go. I am officially. Well done, Matt.
2: Nice job. All right. I have a lot of thoughts on the Micah Hyde embarrassed. uh, The embarrassed question that he got in the press conference a couple weeks ago. A lot of thoughts. Hey, maybe that was a
0: good Patreon mini pod.
2: Eh, Probably not. Brian (laughs) (laughs) Polakowski. Brian Bolakowski says, how does the OL that finished the game stack up against Baltimore? You've got uh fifth overall for defensive lineman, according to PFF, Tyus Bowser, Justin Houston. Oh, are these your notes or are these are still, this is still See the, the question. Paul? Those are my notes. The it question. Oh, notes. Okay. 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 So, so the question <laughs> is how does it stack up against Boston, Baltimore? So I, uh, I've already started in on what Paul's response. Is.
1: <laughs> so the, Baltimore has a, a good, but not great defensive line and edge rusher combo. Kalei uh, Campbell's really good. And he is going to stress the interior of the Packer line. He's their best chance of screwing up the Packer offense and getting in Aaron's face. He he has caused problems for them in the past. And it's going to be tough for the interior line to deal with him, especially because on the outside, they have to devote people to Tyus Bowser and Justin Houston, who are also really good. So uh, this is a tough assignment for the Packers. But the thing that makes it palatable, and the reason they'll probably still be okay, is because Baltimore's secondary blows. And um, Aaron should still be able to find open guys quickly before the pass rush gets to him, even though it's a good pass rush. So that's what you're looking at here.
2: So, uh, for those of you that were some for some reason considering benching Devontae Adams, here you go. Short yeah. passes yeah. over the middle don't, for uh don't, a... don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> because you haven't checked your fantasy team yeah, in six weeks or something. Uh okay, Senior Bob, are the Packers cooked and destined to lose a gut-wrenching playoff game because LaFleur made a terrible hire as special teams coordinator? This feels much worse than the McCarthy Dom Capers final years. Oof. Really? That's, I do not I think, I it's think, think it's worse than that. Because of how I what I just <laughs> articulated. <laughs> yeah. It's but not that bad. Also,
0: also, I, I implore Everyone who is now once again now suddenly interested in special teams, go watch Mo Drayton at the lectern. Go go watch his press conference, and then come back to me, and and that will tell you why he was hired. Mm-hmm. Mo is a phenomenal personality. He is a great interview, and I totally understand how he wins people over. With and that it- said, production is <laughs> not in of the law. It's- <laughs>
2: And it doesn't even need to be pejorative when you're talking about a great interview. I mean, that is, this is a game that relies a lot on emotion, energy, firing Mm -hmm. guys up, coaching them up. Sometimes that is baked into the personality guys who are, you know, meek, but, but, you know, brain surgeons who know every X and O, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get the best out of their players, especially when there's a rotating wheel of dudes who uh, who are coming in and out on the special teams. Unit. Yeah. So and it, there is some value to
1: that, yeah. I think. And, and is right. This is much better. Special teams, even disaster special teams, is still a relatively small part of the game. It can cost you a game for sure, but sometimes random chance will cause it to not cost you a game. Sometimes you don't punt that much, and then you can't give up big punt returns, and um, sometimes Mason is in a dome and he can boot it out of the back of the end zone when there's no wind and weather and not enough grass and that eliminates that problem. So
2: that's okay too. Um, or the other team lets a ball hit them in the face mask on yeah. a punt and you recover inside yeah. the five. <laughs> I I, well, also, think
0: of, I was going to say, think about it this way. According to the EPA, the Packers lost 13.5 points due to special teams. Um, according to Mason Crosby missed field goals, there are multiple games where they lost 12. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs>
1: Also true, and, and last thing I, I will go to bat. Mo's been bad. Like, there's no excusing this level of bad special teams performance. But on um, things with sticking with Amari Rogers, that can work for you on special teams. I just think he's he's bad he, here, uh, So one of the one of the things that you have to deal with on special teams is not having time to develop guys. Guys get shoved in there. That they, they they get out of the league because they're fringe players or they get promoted to starting and then they can't play special teams there's a lot of turnover all the time and sticking with a few guys is often a good idea because they start to learn their 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 lanes and and get practice at it um so it can work just in this situation Amari's real bad at it so it it blows up in his face but um there may be some other guys out there who he's sticking with that will round into form by the playoffs so um Let's check in three or four weeks from now and see if the Gunner situation has improved, even if Amari still sucks.
2: Yeah. All right, Brad West- Westness asks a question that we're kind of already answered. How many fewer yeah. points would the Bears have scored <laughs> if the Packers special teams was competent? The answer is 13. roughly thirteen. A couple, couple yeah. touchdowns, really. Yeah. Yeah. JD asks in the uh, is the high amount of eleven personnel more Lafleur doing what Rogers wants? Giving me flashbacks to the McCarthy era. I mean, they are playing well with it, but I liked uh, I liked using more 12, 21, and 22 personnel like in 2019 and 2020. When Jordan is the quarterback next season, do you think they go back to more of the true Lafleur offense?
1: I like this question, and I, I really think it's more based on just available personnel. I think Tanyan being hurt um, kind of does a number on that, and also Alan Lazard being a giant blocking man. Uh, means that their 11 is m- kind of more like 12 than it is 11 to a large extent. Uh, yeah, it's like, pe- a,
0: it's like a big nickel. Yeah, like it, it is kind of the like the opposite of a big
1: nickel. That's a good good comp.
0: <laughs> so um,
1: y- they use a lot of 11 more than they usually do, but they still kind of get the same benefit that they get when they go to 12 and 21, um, just based on kind of having weird personnel. And they're hamstrung a little bit um, just by not having um, their, all their tight ends available. Uh, so there's a
0: lot also, of that. I would say the reason you don't see twenty-two nearly as much is because the um, skill set of Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones was more um, parallel. Yeah. Whereas the skill set of AJ Dillon and and Aaron Jones is uh, opposite.
1: Yeah. So, Agreed. That makes a lot of sense too. Um, but I also also next I really year... like
0: that they called it. They called it Pony Personnel. Pony Personnel is good.
1: Fun. Next year, I do think they go back to more of the diverse personnel um, versus 11 because they'll have more options and more healthy people. So I, I do think you'll see that with in the Love era. There'll
2: be a lot more 49er-y heavy personnel. All right. Flaley Joel Osmond asks, Would you rather be the child of Nagy or Maurice Strayton at school come Monday morning? <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, nobody,
1: nobody knows who the special teams coach is, so definitely Maurice Strayton. Yeah.
0: Also, Maurice Drayton seems also, just way cooler than Matt Nagy does. Also, Maurice Drayton is a very handsome man. Yeah. I would rather be his. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs>
2: not even close. Uh, and Stereotypically speaking, I would rather be uh, in Wisconsin schools than uh, Illinois schools, given the <laughs> Chicago... No, no, I'm sorry. Not, not in terms of, like, quality. That's not even what I mean. Chicago, uh, just Chicago media market, just bigger... Uh, crazier people who know uh, more people who probably know where Matt Nagy lives or where that his kids go to school <laughs> versus versus what uh what you have in Green Bay and in, in small town Wisconsin also but, true uh, good point I could be wrong about that though I I don't uh, I don't know how the passion of Green Bay Packers football spreads down to the well this to is the education this is system
0: we, this is when we find out that like one of our listeners actually lives down the road from Moe Drayton and like he shares his tomatoes with him in the summer and we're the worst oh, like. people
2: in the world for oh yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: something
2: like I that. mean I, yeah like back going back when you listen to his point you have it's very hard when you listen to Maurice Drayton speak it's very hard to not be like i love that guy yeah. i want i want to yeah. hang out with yeah. him he's great we'll see we'll see how long how much longer he's here but uh, pj vessel says who who has more wins at the end of the season packers or the rest of the nfc north who has more turnovers the rest of the season special teams or offense
1: so the special teams definitely has more turnovers the offense just doesn't turn it over that much and Aaron's very, you know, hangs on to the ball. So I'll take. Specials. Yeah, but
2: he's asking for the rest of the season, though. You think offense passes him back up or no? No, I don't think so. I don't think that's it a big ouch.
1: So that's an ouch. right now in the north, the Packers have 10 wins and the rest of the league has 11 plus a tie. So we're uh, we not counting the tie for this. Is that the point five wins or not? I guess that's that's pretty important. Uh,
0: a, tie, a tie is not a win. Yeah, we're not
1: counting that, but it's, it's okay. also not a loss.
0: So the so. Packers have
1: some work to do here. Um, <laughs> right, but th- but you're
2: also um you're going to get head to heads between Minnesota d- uh, I don't know how many head to heads are left that don't involve the Packers, but uh there's a couple guaranteed wins baked in there. True, uh, true. Including one in th- one in the last week of the season for sure.
0: So, I'm taking the North.
1: So the Vikings yeah, are going
2: to get two um <laughs> <laughs> I love how we're like seriously considering this question instead of laughing it off like, "Oh, we'll, we'll figure it out." We'll Let's figure do it. the math.
0: It's, dude, it's PJ Wessels. All right. We're going to answer that's his right, question. That's to the best right. Of their ability. So the, the, the
1: Vikings are going to and... get two, and the Bears are, I think, going to get one Um, with a chance hmm. for two. Uh, what do the Lions have left? I mean, th- that's... we can
2: assume the Lions lose the rest.
1: The uh, 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 Lions have the Falcons left. And the Lions are better than the Falcons. They're get. Falcons so th-
2: are in the playoff race. Yes, fine. They are so they have not won a game by double digits. I, I
1: think that the uh, the rest of the North gets gets four, and so I think that gets them to fifteen. And so I think that I I, I take the North. Yeah, the North's going to
2: outdo the Packers. Yeah. So if the Packers win the rest of the way. They get four. Yep. And then th- that means the North has them by one. So it hinges on that Lions Falcons game. Could be a push. Huge game for this question. <laughs> Which is the only thing it's a huge game for. Yeah. Yeah. Jared Vogeltons asks, is Alan Rossum the last pump and kick returner that the Packers uh, have had that would have been considered elite? I feel like the return game has always just been uh, has just been not great since we did not resign Rossum and instead signed Antonio Chapman from the Arena Football League. Uh, Oh, also a shout out to me. Nice article on the UW comeback from 1976. Uh, This is a basketball thing. Basketball (laughs) article. Really appreciated the mentioning of Kiwani High School alum Dale Kaler. Uh, that is a reference to the Badgers came back from a 22-point deficit against Indiana in the Big Ten opener. So I went back to 1976 and looked at the Badgers. Uh, last time that happened, they started 2-0 and in the Big Ten that year. They lost the next 14 games. Uh, but Dale Kaler was very good that day. They rallied to beat Ohio State. Nice. Anyway, back to the uh, question at hand. Have they had a dangerous returner since Alan Ross?
1: I did research for this one, too. and. Yeah, since 2000, uh, which seemed like a decent year to do this too, uh, Rossum was the ninth ranked. Um, oh shoot, I didn't write down if he was kick or punt. I think that was kick return. Uh, but the best kick returner since 2000 was actually Herbert Whisper Goodman, who averaged 32.25 yards per uh, kick return. Small sample size, though. Um, who is that? You don't remember? That's a Packer. You don't remember Whisper Goodman? Absolutely not. Oh my goodness, because that's all they called him during. I- like he was a running back. And Since two thousand, I thought you were. I thought this was like back in like the nineteen no, twenties. No, no, like I've no. I've never heard of this. He was guy. on the team for quite, for like at least like four or five games and got a lot of touches. And every time the announcers oh, loved saying Whisper Herbert Whisper Goodman. Goodman. Yeah. Wow. Memory no, holes. Okay.
0: He he went on to be an MMA fighter. That's <laughs> really, yeah. Wow. He, he was he was memory like hold. early MMA. Like he he did King of the Cage. D- okay. Um, uh,
1: but Her- Herbert Goodman played for quite a while. He did not have a ton of kick returns. Um, so small sample size caveat. The, the, the best big sample size guy is actually Ty Montgomery, who averaged 31.14 yards per kick return, but we know what happened there. And after that is Janice, um, with 29 yards and he was Janice. actually good. So, um, Janice. yeah. And, and,
2: uh, we also should mention Najee Deuce Davenport. We you should have
1: him at number two. Yep. 31.56. Najee was
2: <laughs> him at number two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The stats have him at number two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we are uh, children, as we is.
3: Oh, Laje. <laughs>
0: <laughs> also, I think for alliterative reasons, I prefer the nickname Dookie. Why? Gross. Because it's, I think I think Dookie Davenport rolls off the tongue No, because
1: Deuce. Deuce is like a. There are actual football players with the actual nickname Deuce. Like,
2: we are we are not going to argue about which scatological phrase we're going to employ. <laughs> it's just not something we're doing here. All right. So um,
1: anyway, the real answer is Jeff Janis, who averaged 29 yards and didn't screw up too much. Um, Jeremy Ross, I only put in the kick return because he he only had three returns, but he did do a lot of
0: punt returning, and he was good at both of them. So Jeremy Ross was good. Um and then it's after that's right Ra- the was he the guy that went to the Lions and then had like a kick return touchdown in his first game against the Packers yes that is I him I think so yeah yep yeah and then after that it's Randall Cobb and Tyler Irvin so like Tyler Irvin's
1: just sitting around doing nothing you can have him uh, on the punt side Jeremy Ross is the best so c- kudos to Jeremy Ross uh, but after that it's Tramon at nineteen point six seven which is crazy uh, that's young Tremon. old Tremon shows up later and then it's Micah Hyde then it's young Randall Cobb then it's Will Blackman. Trevor Davis, who was actually good at it, Randall Cobb again, uh, Will Blackman again, uh, and then Charles Lee, old Sherman Williams, and Jeremy Ross. So um, they really haven't had a good punt returner in a very long time. They could definitely
0: use that. Um, also, it's it's worth noting that Charles Lee and Below are barely at that ten yard mark, which yeah. is kind of the kind of the the Kentucky windage for adequate punt return.
1: Yep. So anyway, this should go sign Tyler Irvin right now, but we've already mentioned that. <laughs> um, there,
0: that's, that's a movement on Twitter now, by the way. Should be. Um, Good. People are now tagging him like, hey, yo, Tyler, what you doing? Like... <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, so this is a question we missed last week from Joe Wiegand. Packers pass the Bears for most regular season wins in NFL history. We're behind by three, 781 to 778 this season, the first half of next season, or the second half of next season. When do you think uh, the Packers move past the Bears?
0: I mean, if the Bears lose out and the Packers win out, it's absolutely yeah, this season. I think
1: it's
2: this season. I think they pull it off. So, yeah, no doubt. Yep. Uh, early next season at At, at first, the latest, but, yeah. But, you know, like, it only... I mean, the the Bears can't suck forever. Like, they, they suck for the next two years or whatever. They're, they're going
1: to suck for at least the next two years, though. That's that's the thing.
2: Sure. All right. Quentin Wetzel, Um, it is staggering when you just, like, long view, look at how great the Packers have been for the last 30 years. It is staggering, <laughs> it is staggering. how sustained their success has been. And, and the thing is, people don't realize it. I don't think because New England's has been better, and it, it just – also mind-boggling it's whatever uh Quentin Wetzel said considering the recent play of the Chiefs defense should that change how we view Jordan Love's performance in the Kansas City game yeah
1: I do uh th- just so people know like the Chiefs entered that Packer game as one of the worst defenses in football but essentially since that Packer game they've been like one of the five best defenses in football by by a lot they really turned things around and they were good in that game they were legitimately good in that game Jordan Love didn't play well There were some, I think, rookie like really bad mistakes in that game. But uh, I think considering that the Chiefs actually put a good defense out there and a lot of confusing looks, that we should reevaluate that game as not a total disaster for Love. I actually think he played okay in that game.
2: If the Packers win the number one seed, that game, I think it's washed out in terms of importance. I mean, you can you can look at it as the game Aaron Rodgers lied to the fans or whatever. Yeah. But, like, it just ends up being a great training ground yep. for, you know, it's the Cowboys game that Aaron Rodgers had when Brett Favre got hurt. Exactly. Like I would
1: actually really like to see Jordan Love play a trash defense and see what he can do with it. Um, I think that um, uh, that would be... I want to see, I want to see all types uh, with young quarterbacks and see if they can dominate and see if how they hold their own against good defenses. And I think that's now his good defense game. And it wasn't that bad.
2: All right. Ryan Ziegler asks, are we heading for a playoff loss due to an Amari <laughs> Rogers special teams gaffe? And is that what sees, is that what gets him thrown off the roster? Probably he's not getting thrown off the roster. He's
1: not getting thrown off the roster, but maybe, but probably not. So yeah,
2: yeah. that's it. I mean, he's a, Still, a what was a fourth round draft pick? Third round draft pick? Third round draft pick. Yeah, it's going to take a lot to get him thrown off because they still have to test him out more at uh, at slot receiver, yep. which is really what he which he's also not
0: good at. Well, no, <laughs>
2: it's true. Uh, Ryan Ziegler also asks outside of kick operations, isn't kick coverage simply see ball, get ball? Why is this so ungodly kick hard coverage, to coordinate? No, kick no, coverage
0: is a lot of discipline, discipline, it's a lot of yes, holding your lane.
1: Yeah, that's the thing that like, people don't understand. It, it is. It is fighting the urge to see ball, get ball. It is uh, maintaining your space so that if the kicker, if the returner changes direction, you're there to pick him up. That's what it's about.
0: Here's what bothers me about this question. It's coming from Ryan, who listens every (laughs) single week and asks a question every single week. How many times have I mentioned slow getting up has required reading for this podcast. <laughs> you need to go to the friggin' library and go get a copy of Slow Getting Up and read what it's like being a special teamer. Everyone go read that book this week. Do
2: it. Well, you're, you're the expert. You've read it. You can just tell us. TLDR.
0: <laughs> <laughs> TLDR. Special teams is staying in your lane and yeah. k- like... And I don't mean that in the, in the like, modern metaphorical sense. Like, I literally, mean, have, staying in your lane. You have four <laughs> yards on either side of you, and if anyone comes in it, you hurt them. And the, But you don't leave that, right. <laughs> that lane. What you're
1: trying to avoid on special teams on returns is creating space and lanes. Because the returner is just looking for the back of his own players and running on the other side of that back and looking for space, looking for lanes. And when, he, when the returner sees that, he accelerates into it, and that's how big returns happen. Um, you want to keep guys in those lanes so that the returner isn't making those decisions, is um, not accelerating upfield, is questioning where he's going to go, and then slowly shrink the bubble around him until you tackle him. That's what special teams is. It's not missling for the ball. Um, whenever you create space that he can see, you're doing yourself a disservice. And that's what the Packers do far too often when they're covering kicks.
2: Mm. Jonathan Deal asks: Considering there are no preferred starters left on the offensive line, and the Packers <laughs> are down to third stringers at tackles, and Rogers hasn't died, should keeping Stenovic be a higher priority than keeping Hackett this off season?
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> and, and Hackett, like he's working again, in concert with Lafleur anyway, right? Yeah. But
0: then also on the on the flip side of that is we all thought that losing Campen was going to be huge, and then Stenovic has in, been excellent. Yes. Yeah, so, so in the ex- in the exact same way that the Packers' third offensive lineman has been just as good as the second, Stenovich has been just as good as Campin. What's to stop the next guy from being just as good?
1: Yeah, I it, think this- It's not like I think Hackett's bad. I, I do think Hackett adds to the offense and is a good offensive mind. But uh, when you have an offensive-minded head coach in the first place, you can afford to let
2: those guys move on most of the time.
0: <laughs> so you're saying even without him, the offense can, can hack it. it? Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs>
2: we often uh attribute any any position group success or even like all of special team success to one person and it's it's just it's obviously much more yep. complicated than that we'll never truly know who the genius is in the room you know who's the one that is really separating it i mean maybe years and years later when player when coaches move on you'll you'll have some sense of who kind of the the coordinating force was and sometimes there isn't a coordinating yeah. force sometimes it's seven people that just work well together you know so I don't know. It's uh it's always a tough question to answer when you're talking about well, you can't let him go. he's he's a genius, right? Probably, but um, we don't know. We don't know for sure. Yeah. But Michael Hank locked out is uh is in his Twitter avatar. He must be locked out of Twitter.
1: I think that he is referring to the br- the uh, baseball lockout.
2: Oh, locked out. I get it. Ah, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, too late. It's uh it's uh too late in the day it's for, very late. for humor apparently. A lot I've of questions. Let it go over very my late. head. I'm, I'm an idiot. Compare, contrast. Rogers' pinky toe, bronze thumb. Crossover well, question. Love it.
1: Contrast is uh, the pinky toe doesn't seem to actually impact him much, and the the thumb required experimental cryogenic treatment and ruined his career. So um, that the, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Rogers is okay. The pinky toe is uh, not in. Im- I mean, it's so apparently worse, actually, but he's fine.
0: I'm kind of excited. Uh, some of the best football we've ever gotten out of Aaron Rodgers when he was very obviously perked up. Yep, totally. Um, Drugs help. <laughs> and he just mentioned on McAfee today that his toe is now worse. He suffered some kind of setback in yep. the Bears game, and his pain management has now become an issue. Um, so prepare for another Money <laughs> interview after a phenomenal I so, also, uh, w- also want to point out like y-
1: your big toe is crucial to you actually moving and when that gets hurt sometimes it really impacts your play and you can't actually play sports your pinky toe does jack shit and uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter as long as you can stand the pain it doesn't do anything so
0: it's fine <laughs> there was a there's a guy on Ripley's believe it or not back when I was a kid who lost his thumb in an industrial accident and so they took his big toe and that's not it true is it as a thumb. real 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 thing interviewed him google it um he couldn't play soccer anymore which made him sad but he got to keep working so there you go okay <laughs> okay no. google, google it i'm
2: telling you man google it i can you know what i can say one thing for certain i am not googling that i don't shit. i don't care. not even yeah not don't, even close don't care Scott hettenbach asks uh all I require great more more in tub here all I require is Kanzahoma updates from call me Matub from tub inject that shit into my veins thank you for transliterating
1: okay. the non swear into a swear on the
0: question you know what yeah, I've already I've it. already checked that box <laughs> let's just go let's just go so uh I spent the last two weeks in Kanzahoma. it's a very stressful time we My company makes what is called ultra-filtered milk. You might know it. It's what Fairlife uses in their process. But we take in raw milk and we send out what is technically still raw milk on the other end. We have to run it through a separator, which gets you with the proper fat content. We do cold bowl separation, which is rare and difficult, where you are trying to separate milk that is still cold without heating it up above 40 degrees. It's very hard and you essentially make butter every couple hours on accident. So that's why i've been in kansahoma and then i had to come home for an emergency last week because my son was in the hospital uh, he's fine now by the way
2: uh, he
0: had a double ear infection a couple weeks ago and the doctor said that that can lead to utis in infants
1: weird okay pa- so it's yeah all apparently connected. If, if a
0: yeah if a baby is sick for a long time it can lead to a uti and then utis in infants completely screw your entire body up wow So. That's what I've been dealing with for the last couple of weeks. That's why I was in Kansahoma. That's why I'm not here. Yeah. Um, but I'm back in Colorado this week.
1: I'm glad the kid was doing better.
0: Months. Yes. Arlo is doing phenomenally. Um, May keeps coughing into her arm and saying that she's sick because
2: she wants attention. <laughs> I do the same thing. Uh, <laughs> last question from Discord. Coffee addict asks, is it time to bring Desmond Howard out of retirement? <laughs>
0: <laughs> he- No, because he can't return punts to save his life. Never could. No, no,
1: no. He couldn't return kickoffs. Yeah. Was it kickoffs? It was kickoffs. The the, the Super Bowl kickoff return was the anomaly for him. Um, And, uh, you know, super. So he clearly could because he did it that one time. Returned
2: a punt for a touchdown in those same playoffs. Yeah.
1: But he was a punt return. Washington. Um, He's not that old. Was he 50, 60? (laughs) I bet he's getting paid more (laughs) by
2: ESPN than the Packers would be able to pay him to come back for a guest spot.
0: He is currently spending his life being handsome on TV. Yeah, he's good fine. For him. Like talking about U of M football. It's a good it's a
1: good way to end the podcast though because it just does spell out that special teams can be super impactful to your Super Bowl hopes. Because mm-hmm. without that Desmond Howard play, they probably don't win that game.
0: What, the Super Bowl? Or yeah. the, the
1: The Super Bowl.
0: What? Yeah. Shenanigans.
1: No, that was super important to that Super Bowl win. The Patriots had just scored um, they were doing much better on defense. Like that, that was a huge play. I mean, he won MVP for a reason. There, um, that
0: there were there were two more quarters to play.
1: But that was a touchdown from nothing that he just conjured <laughs> out of thin air. That was a huge EPA play.
0: Okay, but if if he took it to the twenty, then you still have offense. <laughs> like it's not like it's not like it was score touchdown or nothing on that play. Is what I'm saying. I just I personally think that Favre was robbed of. Uh, uh, or or reggie white both good mvp candidates but i'm as we know my brand is to be salty about things from 25 years ago
2: (laughs) (laughs) reggie white did all his damage in the fourth quarter when the voting i'm sure was already underway or finished and uh whatever brett Favre, he got plenty of accolades in his career it's
1: cool he's fine
2: all right that's all we got yeah all right before we get out
1: jr any plugs this week
2: uh, I wrote a lot about this last Packers game, uh, wrote about all of the dudes, as I mentioned, who uh, who imitated the belts and how that went for them. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, also wrote about Kurt Bankert's tweet after the game. He uh, had a great. That was tweet great. That was that was an excellent tweet. Just <laughs> awesome. It was great. Uh, that did very well. Kurt Benkert very clearly is a popular guy in, in among Green Bay Packers fans, which I think is really neat. Um, so that's, uh, that's cool. Did the tiebreaker thing that they have now that they have the one seed kind of what to watch for again, it's pretty straightforward stuff, you know, like they've got head to head tiebreakers with a couple guys. They've got, uh, right now they got the best NFC record, uh, with only two NFC losses compared to the three that Tampa Bay and Arizona have taken. So right now that's an edge to them. If they're going to lose again, it's gotta be to Baltimore or Cleveland. Yep. Do not lose those, uh, those divisional games. They uh, will be absolutely. much more costly. Absolutely. Um, uh, so yeah, lot a uh, lot going on. Oh, I covered I covered Badgers volleyball in the Elite Eight on Saturday. That oh, yeah. was fun. Saw that they're
1: awesome. That's um, yep. A, a they play on Thursday. Final four baby. Theme. That's great. Um, mm-hmm. People should check that out. Volleyball is fun to watch. Um, it's actually the sport I'm best at playing. So I have a a high appreciation for high level volleyball. No, uh, I'm I'm a good speed skater, but I'm a better volleyball player.
2: Very good. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Matt is.
2: I can't I can't do anything. Laughing
0: hysterically. Matt, do you have anything to plug? Uh, yeah, I was on the repack this week. Yes, this you is were. At the packing company's post game, um, uh, a commenter literally made an account to talk about how annoying I am. So please go listen. Wow, to the
3: congratulations!
0: <laughs> I think that means you made yeah, it. The account was the account was minutes old um, <laughs> when he accused me of being on drugs when in reality it was midnight and I had been drinking for a while. Oh dear! So post packing him, I mean. Yeah, it was, post, it was post-Packer victory. Um, you're signing I, up I for certain
1: a, things if you're listening at that point. So, that's, yep. Yeah,
0: I got some... Uh, I, had some I, I even self-diagnosed a case of the tapioca brain, so <laughs> it happens.
1: <laughs> All right, well, I have my wrap-up at the Shepherd Express going up now. It talks a lot about special teams and quantifying it. Um, we'll have the mini-pod later this week previewing the Ravens, who are a fun, interesting team, um, and maybe my favorite non-Packer team because um, they do... Uh, they're very smart um, analytically. They basically always make the right fourth down and two-point conversion and punt decisions. Uh, they're very smart front office. They love the draft. Uh, Harbaugh is a great NFL coach, etc. So that'll be a good one to listen to. And uh, I will have some kind of stat of the week post up this week, though. I'm not sure what it's going to be yet because everybody's done special teams. So I'm going to try and find something else. Um, but, uh, yep, uh, check that out. And uh, we will be back next week wrapping up the Ravens game. Uh, and uh, figuring out how the rest of the season is going to go.
3: So enjoy the game on Sunday.